Saving Uncensored is brought to you by Colonel Duff. Duff, helping a random handicapped guy in the middle of nowhere. Only on Gaming Uncensored. Controlling transmission. Divided by a thousand miles of barren wasteland, two men mysteriously linked by alien technology on a podcasting mission to boldly deliver video game news and views directly to your brain. This is Gaming Uncensored. Now, your gaming uncensored guides, the dynamic duo, the video game gurus, yeah, okay. a man on wheels, and a yeti with a modem, Jamie and Tommy. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. How you doing? My name is Jamie Jordan, and this is a brand new episode of Gaming Uncensored, and uh, we're back. After a short break, we said we weren't going to take a break, and then we did. And of course, we're we're here together as we always are. And I'm glad Tommy's sitting over there. He is the only man I've ever met who knows the pause screen of every video game better than any other aspect of said video game. What's up, dude? To be fair, I really don't know the pause screens all that well because I pause them and do something else. Uh, you know them well, I imagine. Yes, I do. You gotta, you yes, gotta scroll do. through them to find when I start playing the game again. <laughs> so, so here's so here's something that you never want to happen if you're watching comedy play video games on any social media of any kind. I fired up uh, YouTube like an hour ago to see if you'd put any content up because you really kind of been on a roll the yeah. last couple of nights. You've been doing like an hour a night. And so I, I fire everything up and I'm multitasking because we're both busy and we're working on Sundays and doing things. And there's this video and it's an hour and 15 minutes and I'm looking at my watch going, it's two o'clock. I got to hurry. I got to get through that. <laughs> and I fired up on YouTube and I start to scroll through it and there's no thumbnails. Oh, like, no. it's just a black screen. <laughs> and so I'm like, crap, I can't see when he pauses. <laughs> so every time you pause, I would scroll two minutes, and then I would hit play, and then I would scroll two minutes, <laughs> and then I would hit play, and then I would scroll. So, so let me just tell you that thumbnails on video services are very important. <laughs> Very important. That, uh, that cracks me up uh, for that specific video, the one uh, that I put up last night. Uh, we were just talking about The Last of Us right before we hit uh, record. Uh, I actually finished watching The Last of Us with God of War Pass <laughs> last night. Yes! The sexy sidekick and I had been watching it the night before, and, and a little girl woke up, and, and so I had to deal with that. We just didn't get to finish it, so we had like 20 minutes left. I was like, I don't want to turn off the game, because I'm going to be back over here to play it, but I, I'm not going to play the game while I'm watching The Last of Us. 
was. So I just paused it when we watched the last episode. I had the thought, like, sitting there, like, man, Jamie's just sitting through my pause screen while I'm sitting here watching the last of us. But you sit through well, enough of my is, pause screens, I don't figure it probably is going to bother you too much. It, it, it's fine as long as the thumbnails are right? all working. Yeah, that if, seems pretty if, critical. If, if thumbnails are not available, that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, I, I, that's, that, that's tough stuff. However, I got to give you credit because you have been working hard on the God of War trying to get through it. And I mm-hmm. feel like we've been playing God of War forever, but we were talking about just before we started here that you and I have both done the same thing and we looked up a guide to figure out where we are and there's still like eight or nine hours left and I'm like crap like I'm looking at Hogwarts going we gotta get to that I know yeah we gotta get to that we gotta get to uh, uh, Metroid we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show but we've we've just got stuff that's waiting and and we're not there yet but we're gonna get through God of War because God of War is great and I don't want to not it's really good it's really good. Uh, man, I've I have it, it it was very similar to the first one. I mean, in the reboot of the God of War, right? The last God of War game. The first one in this new series of God of War. Like it was also like fascinating to start with, but it also took me a little while to get to the point that I was like, okay, I can't put this down. And this one was kind of the same way. Like I loved it from the beginning, but it didn't have me captivated the same way that a lot of other games, you know, get your their hooks in you right from the start. Like, it's to the point at this point that it's got the hooks in me completely. And I'm just like, okay, whenever I get a spare moment, I'm going to fire it up and and put some time into it because I really want to play it because it's great. It's just fantastic. And part of it to me, we uh, just real briefly here, because we're not playing on talking about God of War a ton, but we're brought it up. So why not? Uh, (laughs) Part of it to me uh, is like we talk about Elden Ring uh, and just why Elden Ring doesn't quite click with us. God of War to me does well like what I want a game to do in so far as the combat is fun. The combat's not nearly as interesting as the combat is in Elden Ring. It's also easier. <laughs> like just that alone is, is enough of a deal for me that I don't want as punishing of a game, can, but can, that it's uh, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say one thing on the combat. The, the combat in God of War is weird because I have not been a fan of the combat since we started playing the game because I I I feel like like 80% of the time it just looks like you're beating on a piñata and there's no blood and no like there's just stuff <laughs> flying through the air and I don't find that fun however I uh, I have figured out in the last week that you are starting to get that little red circle timing thing down. Uh-huh. And that makes a huge difference. Yes. The the fact that you figured out the little red circle thing that pops up whenever it pops up and you got to be real quick and hit the button when the red circle pops up and not get hit. That's the thing. <laughs> you got to hit the button and not get hit. And then you get to do something cool. Yeah. And that really changes the combat for me. Yes. And I think this is getting into (laughs) what I was kind of going at with it it getting the hooks in you thing. The story's been compelling throughout. Like the story was interesting to start with. But the combat at the beginning of the game was just kind of eh. And like it was harder at the beginning of the game because you're just not leveled up yet. You don't have as many abilities. And so it's a little bit of more of a button masher at the beginning. 
And then it gets to be a little bit more button mashing intentionally, right? Whereas like something like right. Elden Ring, uh, is it ever button mashing? Like you always are intentional with it, but it's very difficult intentionality. What God of War does, although it takes it a little bit of time to get there, is it gets you to that intentionality point without it being just brutally hard. You know, like it's still fine. And that's the key is like I, we're we're leveled up enough that we've got most of the abilities unlocked and I use, you know, half of them. There's a bunch of abilities. I'm like, OK, that's not really my gameplay style, but there's a bunch of abilities. I'm like, OK, yeah, this works into how I play and 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 getting more comfortable with like switching between the weapons and kind of using combos that way, using your sidekicks more effectively and all that kind of stuff has all built to where the combat is just way more interesting, even though it's less challenging at this point than it was early in the game. Early in the game, I died more and I was just frustrated with it, right. with how it like it just wasn't responding the way I wanted it to. Now it responds better and I don't die as much, which makes sense. I mean, logically, if the, you get better at the game, you should die less. Uh, but it still feels well, like it's a challenge. I'm still like digging for health orbs all the time and that kind of stuff. Like it just has a good balance to it. It just took it a little bit to get its its feeding right, right? <laughs> like the the right. the idea behind and, it wasn't immediate, but once it got there, it got there pretty solidly for me. And my my thing would say I wouldn't say that it has gotten easier because you got your clocked cleaned in that ice sculpture thing on yeah, the lake. Yeah, that was super like, cool. You, you, you got, you <laughs> got wiped out several times. Uh, like, so I don't know if easier is the word, but it, but it, it it's, uh, and it's not intuitive. That's the, that's what we need to talk about. The combat is not intuitive at all. My lights are flickering. That's not good. <laughs> Uh, as long as your power doesn't go, we're all right. Uh, well, that's my overhead light just <laughs> flickered, and I'm like, crap, we don't need that. Um, so I, I, I wonder if it is a, I, I wonder if it's more about that it's not intuitive at all, and it just takes a while to kind of figure out how I, to make I really the think it's more the work. abilities thing. I really think like you just are so limited in what you can do early in the game that you just have your basic attacks and they're fine, but it's when you get to start stringing together the abilities that the combat clicks. It's not that it's not intuitive, it's that it's just limited at the beginning. And that's right. also weird, and we've talked about this before with a game like God of War where you've already played through it in the first game and you level up and you get all these abilities and you start the second game essentially from scratch even though it's a pure continuation of the storyline you know like i understand why game developers have to do that i don't have a better solution but it's also weird because my last memory of god of war is like tearing through these battles and these really epic battles with lots of timing and combo and rhythm kind of things that when you start God of War 2 don't really exist because you don't have all that stuff yet. And you just got to get to it. And then once you get to it, it all kind of comes back and you're like, oh yeah, this is how this game plays. But like at the beginning of the game, you just don't have it. And it just is, it's a little bit of a slog to get back to the point where you're doing the things that you know how to do, that you know Kratos can do once you unlock those abilities with enough experience points. It's 
it's a game design issue that I don't have an answer for, but it's definitely something that like, I, I, like, like I said, I'm feeling it. Like God of war was slow to me starting out. Not that it wasn't great. We were enjoying it from the beginning, but just didn't click as well as it should have as it has now, because again, I've got the ability to, to approach combat in a way that's really fine as opposed to a way that's just hack and slash to get through the enemies, to get through the next puzzle or story bit or whatever it is. The other thing I have to mention is that the the story to me is way interesting because I have no idea what the end is going to be. Yes. Like I noticed that as I was playing, like is is Kratos gonna die at the end of this? They're saying he's gonna die. Yeah. But is he gonna die and then the next game be all about Atreus? And the more that you play Atreus, like I'm kinda sorta okay with that. Like I, I that that would be cool. But I I genuinely have no idea how this game is gonna wrap. And I I couldn't say that about Horizon Forbidden West and some other stuff. Like that was fairly obvious, fairly telegraphed. Yeah. Uh, I can't say that about God of War. I have no clue. <laughs> what, what's brilliant about God of War is that it tells you how it's going to end, right? Like it gives you this prophecy all throughout the game of what's supposed to happen and how inevitable that is. And you're like, well, surely it's not. Is it? You know, like you're just constantly <laughs> like, I wonder if they're going to follow through on this because it would be fascinating if they did, but it'd be interesting if they don't. And like, you're just, it's almost that like Final Fantasy VII remake thing, but you didn't know it in Final Fantasy VII remake that it was going to be the twist at the end. You knew what was going to happen in Final Fantasy VII remake, but you know it was like the inevitability of it still made it interesting. And then it right. totally flipped it on its head, which was great, you know, just fascinating. Like, this has that same kind of, they're just telling you what's going to happen. There's this inevitability to it, but you're also expecting, like, that, like, okay, how are they going to flip it on its head? Like, what's going to be that thing that that's this massive twist? And so, that, and the characters are just really good. Like, they've done a really yes. good job with these characters. Like, they're just fascinating characters. I mean, I, I'm, I made the comment listening to Odin that I, I swear... Odin is Larry David. <laughs> like, uh, like that, that's that's exactly what that sounds like. He's yeah. just old and, and bitter and cranky and, <laughs> you know, kind of sardonic. And I, I just... He's I a really brilliant character. That's dig it. Maybe my biggest complaint so far is that there's not more Odin in the game thus far. Every, like, moment with Odin, I'm like, oh, this is great. I like In part, because I love Richard Schiff, who is the actor that that plays yeah. Odin. For me, Odin is Toby from The West Wing, because that is Richard Schiff's yeah. character in The West Wing, and so that's immediately like I'm I'm picturing uh, Odin as you know this curmudgeonly dude from a different show, but it's still this old curmudgeon that's like just a brilliant uh, portrayal of Odin. You know, like it's just a and Thor is just fantastic in the game too, like. They've just nailed these characters in such a fascinating way that's like both like feels true to uh, what uh, the the that's fun <laughs> everything all right we, we we might we might get interrupted here there's people ringing my doorbell we'll see what happens nice now they're being uh, now they're being <laughs> persistent I'm gonna bet my money that that's my brother. All right. And we're probably about to get interrupted. We'll see what happens Fair. here. Fair if enough. If he comes barging in. Uh, Make a little cameo on the show here. Yeah. So, <laughs> 
I I just I really it's really good. Yes. Everything that we've said, it's really good. And we just we hate to keep talking about it, but it really is that good. And, and, and if you're not playing it, you really should be. <laughs> and if you're all the people that have already gotten through it, uh, uh, please have patience with us while we get there too. But uh, we we are digging it. And there's lots of other stuff we're going to dig. I'm pretty sure that we're going to have to get to uh, soon. So we're going to try to get through God of War. So all that said, we do have a lot of news. And so we'll get into that uh, momentarily. But first, I'll uh, mention our Patreon guys. Cabbage, Jose, Narc, Duff, Josh, Hector, Spider, Spencer, Kavash, Chad, Zeke, Chris, Brigham, Sam, Andrew, and Luik. As always, uh, thank you so much for your support. You're the ones that let us play games. And I've already bought the next game we're going to play. We haven't even gotten to it yet. <laughs> but uh, we have it waiting, installed, and good to go as soon as we get done with God of War. We'll jump into that. We'll talk about what my, it is. My, my apologies. I was just going to say my apologies for what you're about to see because I'm multitasking trying to pull up cameras <laughs> uh, as we do this. So I apologize. Uh, so but what he was saying back to you, sir. Uh, if you would like to support us on Patreon, if you would like to watch JB multitask as he tries to pull up a camera here, uh, you can do that. Uh, go by gamingassistant.com, click that, become a patron link, uh, and, and follow. I don't know why there. you would. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm watching him doing multitask. it right now. It's not that. Uh, it's not that compelling, but you know, it's it's not really. It's kind <laughs> of. Uh, it's kind of depressing, to be honest with you. But try to, uh, to figure out what's going on yeah. in the world. So, you know. But but hey, I'm getting the hang of it. So let's continue. There you go. So all that said, uh, we've got quite a bit of news to talk about because, as JB mentioned at the top of the show, we've been off for uh, a couple of weeks uh, that we weren't necessarily expecting. Life happens. And so uh, we're doing some catch up here. And so we've got basically big news from Microsoft, big news from Sony, big news from Nintendo. All three of them have made news in the past couple of weeks. Uh, Nintendo and Sony threw uh, a couple of uh, showcases at Nintendo Direct, a Sony State of Play. Uh, we'll talk about some of the highlights and maybe some of the lowlights uh, from those. We got to get into that. Microsoft hasn't had anything uh, that direct, no pun intention, uh, intended there, uh, but has made news in their own right. We mentioned couple of shows back, uh, Microsoft, obviously, the, this uh, Activision Blizzard deal that they've been working on now for over a year and trying to get everything uh, kind of lined up and, and squared away so that this can finally happen, uh, is still working on that. And the biggest issue that Microsoft's running into is that there are regulators, uh, both in the States and maybe more importantly abroad in Europe specifically, that are pretty hesitant to uh, to give a green light to this deal moving forward, in part because it's a massive consolidation of, of this industry under one umbrella. Uh, and, and there's lots of reasons that that's understandably being questioned, <laughs> uh, understandably being uh, taken a close look at. So what Microsoft has been on a mission very clearly to do is to prove that the fact that they are buying out Activision Blizzard will not result in this uh, massive consolidation that will harm the industry otherwise. And they've been doing that uh, with a few uh, very interesting uh, uh, agreements. Uh, and, and so we'll talk about a couple of those, starting with uh, Microsoft and Nintendo signing a 10-year deal for, quote, full Call of Duty uh, on Nintendo consoles for uh, the next decade. Uh, and so this is, I believe, like same day and date 
no like limited exclusivity or anything like that, but importantly, having all the same uh, stuff that comes along with it or most of the same stuff that comes along with it, features and that kind of stuff as much as you can on a Nintendo console uh, for the next 10 years uh, so that there will be Microsoft published games on Nintendo, specifically Call of Duty in this case, but you would imagine that they would be looking at some others as well, but specifically the biggest video game franchise that exists uh, will be on, on Nintendo consoles for the next 10 years. Not only is that a big deal and that it's a, a, uh, uh, an agreement that what Microsoft will be publishing from the Activision catalog will not be uh, Microsoft exclusive, but also a big deal because Nintendo and Call of Duty is just still weird in my head, right? <laughs> like, so, who is going uh, to a Nintendo console to play Call of Duty in the first place? Well, yeah, that was going to be... It, it doesn't make sense to me because... Let's say you are going to a Nintendo console to play Call of Duty, right? Because there are those people out there, and if there sure, weren't, it's, yeah, they it's, wouldn't be doing this. But let's let's just let's just say that you're going to play Call of Duty on a Nintendo console. It's really on Nintendo to give you a console. That makes a Call of Duty worth playing, right? Like, yes, like, like that's the thing. And so, like, Microsoft has to be sitting there going, "Yeah, you can have this, sure, whatever. We don't care," because they know that that version of the Call of Duty is going to be the least of the three. Exactly. Yes. Right. Uh, and even like. I'm not entirely sure, depending on what Nintendo does next. And we just don't know. And this is like Nintendo's just always been the wild card out of the, the big three uh, uh, console manufacturers uh, in that. Like, I don't know when Nintendo's going to have a new console, right? The, the Switch, while amazing and still selling gangbusters and everything else is by far the least powerful of the modern consoles. It doesn't uh, stand up uh comparably at all to the series X or to PlayStation five. And at some point, like unless Nintendo is keeping up with tech, like it feels like Microsoft's just kind of banking on the fact that Nintendo's going to like eliminate themselves from having call of duty because their system won't be able to support it potentially. Now, good chance Nintendo's just going to have like switch pro or whatever come out and they'll stay, you know, kind of competitive, uh, system-wise, and, and Microsoft will continue to make kind of a compatible Call of Duty for it in all the ways that we've looked at other multi-platform games that come to the Switch, what they do in order to make that work, which is, you know, game design-wise, fascinating, and I'm glad they do it because it does open up uh, those games to a different audience. But it just is, it very much is an obvious like, hey, look at us. We're, we're working with Nintendo here. See, we're all good. When it's like, okay, you are working with Nintendo and that's appreciated. But the thing you're working with Nintendo on is like such a small thing in the uh, uh, world uh, that we're talking about here. Like the, the actual practical outcome of this doesn't seem like it's going to change anything one way or the other about what the regulators are worried about other than just being good PR, which there's nothing wrong with good PR and smart on them for getting this out there. And, and the, the line that they're using Microsoft is using at this point is they are committed to bringing Xbox games 
to more players on more platforms. And that goes right into the next thing we'll talk about. But with Nintendo, uh, obviously, uh, that to, to an extent makes sense. These are games that Nintendo already has because Activision games obviously are published on, on Nintendo consoles. So it's it's just, again, a continuation of what already exists, but a continuation so, that's not guaranteed. So you and I just had a two-minute discussion uh, about what's going on here do 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 we not think that the quote unquote regulator people are aware of this of course like like <laughs> it, it's like everybody's aware that nobody's playing call of duty on a nintendo console yes and and and, and you know you and i have not lived in a time I'm trying to figure out how to put this. We have not lived in a time where anything substantial has happened as far as antitrust, really. I mean, like you you could put up you could put up lots of examples of this happened with this company and that and whatever, but like aside from some creative restructuring. There hasn't been a lot of breaking up going on, right? Yeah, and, for sure. And I, I'm talking about like on the AT&T type level. Yeah. The way it was like way back in the day, we just don't have a lot of that, right? Yeah. And so I think it's really interesting that this is the thing that is triggering some of this. I mean, I understand why, because it's sort of a smallish industry, and the the independent devs are getting more and more share, and you know it needs to be fair. I get it. I just think it's interesting that now everybody's like, "Hey, we got to take a look at this." When Microsoft has been going this way for ten plus years, sure, you know. And- I think that's I think that's fair, and I think that's also fairly strong evidence that this is this deal will ultimately go through. Uh, I think it would be a, a real surprise uh, if it ultimately doesn't. But there is this kind of uh, uh, dog and pony show to it, right? <laughs> As you were kind of mentioning, we're we're idiots that are just talking on the internet. We understand what Microsoft is doing here. Obviously, the regulators understand what Microsoft is doing here too. But there's like this kind of show that you have to do to get everybody going, okay, yeah, you're fine, you know, that kind of thing. Just out of curiosity, I looked up uh, a list of the best-selling Nintendo Switch games, and so this is off Wikipedia. Nintendo Switch sales, Nintendo sales in general, are just notoriously hard to track because Nintendo doesn't make as much data available as other uh, uh, publishers do, and so you kind of have to take everything with a grain of salt here. But there's 68 games uh, on this list, and Call of Duty is not one of them. (laughs) And so uh, if that's to be believed, which I I would not be surprised uh, if that is the case, uh, Call of Duty is not a a game that uh, Switch owners are quick to go toward. Right, like, and, and again, that's not surprising. You don't buy a Switch for Call of Duty. You buy a Switch for here are the top five: Mario Kart, Animal Crossing, Super Smash Brothers, Breath of the Wild, and Pokemon. Those are the reasons I mean, you own a Switch. <laughs> like, yeah, and they're all Nintendo it's, it's, games outside of Pokemon, and that is partially a Nintendo published game as well. And so, like, out of the top 
However many I'm trying to see. Capcom is the first one at 22. That's not a first party or a, a first party uh, partnership uh, game. Uh, like, it's great that Microsoft has this commitment to do this, but it's such a minor commitment. Yeah, and, and like, I I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to go into the next part of this because it's on our show notes. I sent you a link that that uh, Microsoft is also doing the same thing with NVIDIA GeForce Now. Yep. And, and like, that's cool. But the thing that I'm learning with GeForce Now, we both have it. We both pay for it. Although we're doing... Both of us are doing the founders, whatever, for 25 bucks for six months or whatever. So we're not getting the most out of the service uh, that we could get, uh, which is kind of dumb because we both have the internet connections for it. We both <laughs> sure. have the screens for it. And like we have older machines, like it would make total sense for us. But, but when I sent you that link, my immediate thought was, I don't really want to play a Microsoft game on GeForce now. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't, I mean, like, <laughs> and and I would feel that way if I wasn't paying for Game Pass. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, Here, here's the thing with that one, because you're, you're spot on. Like, it, it's perfectly fine and nothing wrong with it. But, like, GeForce Now and, and Game Pass are two fundamentally different services in that Game Pass is a, a subscription service that gives you access to games. GeForce Now is a subscription service that gives you access to a cloud machine to play games on, but it does not give you access to games. You right. have to bring the games to GeForce Now. You have to own them on whatever you know other services are compatible, which now Microsoft is going to be that. It's some capacity. I don't know exactly how that'll work. But, like, assuming that, because it's like Call of Duty and other, you know, Activision Blizzard titles will be available on GeForce Now, but we're also assuming that they're going to be available on Game Pass. And who is the audience of person who is willing to pay for GeForce Now, but not willing to pay for Game Pass, but willing to pay for Call of Duty to play on GeForce now while not paying for so, Game Pass. Like, there's just like 12 people that are going to benefit from it. It's great. 10-year deal. Well, and okay. Microsoft but, working together. Fantastic. But I just don't get well, who's like the this. people. Think about this. And this is what would be mind-blowing for me because I'm sitting here doing this show badly <laughs> on a Mac uh, and you're working on a Mac and we both have PCs, but our PCs are sad. Like I, I, I have, I have used my PC at my parents' house in the last month and a half to do video work remotely. That's it. Like I have the wrong machine I should have moved that machine and put the Mac at my parents' house or bought a Mac and moved that machine over here. Whenever I, I don't know why I didn't. I just, uh, my first thought was I have to have a Mac. And so my gaming rig that has all my games on it and the good stuff that I want to play is not available to me. And, and the way 
that this partnership would change everything is if somebody at Microsoft and NVIDIA said, okay, now all of your Game Pass games yeah. are available with GeForce Now. Then they got me. Yeah. Like, I'll give them 200 bucks a year. I don't care. Yep. Yeah, that's and the thing. That- if they could pull that part of the 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 deal off, because uh, GeForce Now is is better as a streaming platform than Game Pass is as a streaming yes. platform, then I would be more interested in in what this deal is. And again, it's a ten year agreement, so who knows what the state of cloud gaming is going to be over the next ten years? Again, like who knows what GeForce Now's future is? Like, you know, like we're seeing Stadia go belly up a couple of uh, months ago. Like not to say that GeForce Now is hurting by any means. They're, they're a different kind of niche. And I think they do what they do well, but like, who's to say that steam doesn't decide to do the same thing and, and kind of capitalize that market share and GeForce Now just ceases to be a thing. Like that could definitely happen. And again, Microsoft is looking really good to regulators by saying, we're bringing these games here with, that not honestly meaning a ton for most gamers and probably not having a whole lot of risk associated for Microsoft in that. Like it, it's, no, it's just, like, again, it's this like, Hey, look at us. We're doing something great. And it is, I, 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 I was like, Oh, good idea, Microsoft. But like, I just don't know that there's a big, there's a little audience for it. The same way with Nintendo, there are people that play call of duty on their switch. There are going to be people that play call of duty on GeForce now because they, for whatever reason, don't want to have a game pass subscription, but they want to play call of duty and they don't have the PC for it and whatever, whatever, whatever. But again, that feels like a very, very narrow group of people. And Microsoft is able to say, we're making our games available on all these different platforms where nobody plays them. <laughs> you know, can, <laughs> like, can you, can you look real quick on Facebook? What's the name of of the game that Sam was talking about? Is the Atomic Heart. Atomic Heart. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, if if I could get that thing on GeForce Now right now, I like we wouldn't be doing the show because you and I would be playing games. Uh, I, I, I mean, just having access to. Game Pass, which I paid for on on any machine anywhere, would would be massive. Yeah, massive. Yeah, because when I saw Sam talking about that, and he's talking about Bioshock and all that, I'm like, "Yep, we we need to play that. Yep, that's us." Uh, and and I've just been so frustrated that that. You know, I don't have a gaming rig here because there's so much stuff that we both need to play. Yeah. So this is fair. Apparently you can play Atomic Heart on GeForce now. Uh, It looks like it's there. You have to buy it still, obviously, because that's the uh, the catch with GeForce now. Uh, But it does look like it's there. So uh, you you might want to do some looking into that because I'm curious about it. Uh, That is. uh, I should. Yeah. (laughs) One of our our releases will get to later in the show. I would not want to see a first person shooter like that played on G4. I don't care what your what your internet connection is. Like that sounds to me like it's going to be a twitchy ish something. I'm really curious about it. I need to I need to look a little bit more about it because I just wasn't. It was we saw it at E3 last year, uh, and it was interesting, yeah. but it was in like the like. 
There was a ton of other like really similar looking games uh, at E3 last year. Uh, and so it just didn't like register my head until like the reviews started coming about it. I was like, oh yeah, that game looks fascinating. Now there's all kinds of controversy, right? We'll get into it a little bit later. But anyway, it would be one to check out and, and you could potentially check it out there. Again, if you buy it, it's also available on Game Pass. Which, if you have Game Pass and just streaming on Game Pass, you know, like then you don't have to buy it. the the big thing. And this is this is worth pointing out as as a kind of caveat to this discussion because somebody is yelling at us right now about this, and and I just specifically thinking about you playing games uh, in this uh, in this conversation. GeForce Now is a a emulated PC. You are not even an emulated PC. You are controlling a PC. You are controlling a remote right. PC, and thus you are playing PC games on a PC. Whereas yes. uh, Game Pass, the cloud streaming on the PC is cloud streaming a console, uh, which yes. is controller based. And so that is a, a significant difference, at least for the time being. I don't think that will continue to be a difference for the long-term future, but it is a difference right I, now that's worth pointing out. I Well, look, here's the thing, and I, I, I don't want to bitch and complain and all that because Game Pass is totally worth what we pay for. I dread the day when the price of Game Pass goes up to 20 bucks a month or whatever it is. I dread that because right now, I pay it every month, and whether I'm playing it or not, I don't really care. It's 10 bucks, game pass, who cares? But I know we're getting to a point where it's going to go up to 20, 25, whatever that number is. And at that point, I really need to be playing it. I, I haven't touched it in six months. I, I mean, I haven't touched it since I moved in here in October. I haven't. I haven't done anything but watch you play video games and play <laughs> video games with you when you're here. Yeah. So, so like, I don't feel bad about paying $11 a month. I'm going to feel bad about paying $20 a month and not being able to play games. Sure. Um, yeah. And that's, that's a big thing, Microsoft, if you're listening. Like, that, I mean, ultimately, it doesn't look good with regulators. But, like, that is the justification for bringing Game Pass to a service like NVIDIA uh, GeForce Now or just in your own house getting a, a legit PC version of Game Pass that plays PC games on a PC. Like, not that emulates a console uh, on a PC. Like, that's what it currently is, and that's fine for what it is. Which, but you really which, need it to be a PC-centric uh, 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 platform. I have not, you listen to more podcasts than I do, but I have not heard anybody but us point out, hey, you can't play the games that you own uh, or, or you, you can't play Game Pass game streaming on on a Mac, like I've, I, I think I was the first one that said, "Hey, it's the console version." I, I've not heard other people say that. I would think that would be a huge deal to a lot of people. Uh, but as I'm, as I'm learning with social media, you and I are, uh, you and I are in the minority on a lot of things. This uh, is fair. But it, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm learning just as a. As an addition to this to this discussion, I'm learning, have been learning for the last month about how to use Instagram and how all that junk works. 
And the interesting thing about Instagram is if you try to use Instagram on a PC, like or or on a desktop, I should say. I'm using it on a Mac. If you try to use uh Instagram on a desktop, like half the features are missing. And and everybody that I talk to is like, why don't you just use phone? And and I go, Well, I'm handicapped and I can't hold the phone. And they're like, Oh, oh, like I I can't be creating videos on Instagram because I can't hold the stupid phone up uh, to to do what I need to do. And everybody comes up with the this stuff with oh you can get a selfie stick and you can rig this and you can do that. And I'm like I just needed to work on a PC <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't. And and it's that's it's all of that with all of these different services. Like they work where they work best and then they just sort of work everywhere else, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I, I wonder if, um, cause you use your phone a lot. You play games on your phone a lot. Sure. Uh, you, you do a lot of, uh, a lot of things on the phone I call and I text and that's it. Like Dropbox, Google Drive, like that's it. That's all that's on my phone. And I'm wondering if we're going to get to a point and here comes the gaming part of it. I'm not totally off the rails. I'm wondering if we're going to get to a point where all of this stuff focuses on the phone and there's guys like you and I sitting around going, but I want it on a desktop. I don't want to play insert game here on my phone. I don't care how it looks. And I just, I I feel like, again, I feel like the the minority trying to figure out how to use this stuff not where it's intended to be used, whether it's whether it's GeForce Now or Game Pass or Instagram or whatever. I I feel like the minority, and I feel like it's only gonna get worse because I feel like the whole world is moving to the phone for everything. Yeah, I would I would only uh, 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 counter uh, response on the gaming side of things. And I feel like that was what it felt like for a while. And that's kind of gone away, right? Like you okay. don't have, I mean, you could play game pass on your phone. You can play and I've done some of that and it's perfectly fine or whatever, but like the push there still is consoles and PC. The Nvidia uh, GeForce now is obviously, you know, like that stuff works in the mobile arena, but they don't, push it like you get a better experience of those things on, on pc and console now a game right. has being console more than pc but you know what i'm saying yeah it's everything else outside of gaming that i think you're spot on with like that i don't use instagram i know very little about instagram but i know enough about like working with facebook uh for uh, other stuff and, and whatever to know how much of a pain it is to try to do the same thing on a on a desktop platform as it is on your phone where it's really designed 
for 80% of users that only interact with it on their phone or whatever it is. I'm making up a number there, but that feels like it would probably be ballpark. That, in the right it's probably more than that. It's probably 85, 90% of being, and, and it blows my mind because I'll be honest with you. And I feel like I'm speaking to you. And you and I are in the same boat. I think in that we're going, your hands work. Everything works. You can use a phone if you need to use a phone. But we're going to use some sort of of desktop computer till we die. Of course. Like, it's going to be that way. Yes. Right? Yes. We are old. And this is a time that that our oldness is is very apparent uh, to me in that, like, so, you know, obviously I I teach. That's my my main uh, day job. (laughs) I have several day jobs at this point. Uh, But one of my main day jobs is I teach college students. And over the past really five years, I have noticed this just massive uh, uh, drop off of students' abilities to use a computer because they just don't do it very often anymore. Everything that they're doing as they're growing up now, where we grew up with computers, they grow up with phones and tablets. And so school is all one-to-one devices where they have tablets instead of, of working on, on computers. And so just the basic functionality of, of navigating an operating system or, or understanding the idea of keyboard shortcuts is just completely foreign to them, which is something that we just take for granted because that's what we grew up doing. And it's just well, like, and- that's the, that's the generation that's shaping where things are going and they are not uh, computer centric at all. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I deal with those same type of people in my work stuff. Like we're trying to figure out how to convert my work stuff to phones because it's all on computers. Right. And, and and like every person that I talk to, like of the age group that you're talking about, the college kids that 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 Talk to you, talk to them about keyboard shortcuts or getting around uh, an OS or the command line or whatever, and, and they're just clueless. And, and it takes everything I've got to not say, How are you this stupid? How, how do you not have these skills? Like, because to you and me, they're basic skills, yep, and and because we have these basic skills we understand also how to use the phone right i'd use the phone a ton more if my hands worked i mean to an extent but 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 there's a whole lot of gen zers that would call us stupid for not uh, knowing how to put up a tiktok video you know with all the things or whatever not that we couldn't figure it out if we took the time to figure it out but it's not something that we do you know, and it's just not something that they've done and it's just that it's that cultural like generation gap of cultural necessity that's fascinating and it's you know we're aging out of the the group of people yeah. that people care about designing for you know and so that's gonna continue into the future we're not getting any younger i have to tell you just really quickly i threw my back out the other day playing the genevieve <laughs> oh! and, and the sexy sidekick has been giving me the hardest time about it so as <laughs> long as i'm sitting still like i am right now it's, it's perfectly fine but as soon as i start moving around if you hear me grunt all of a sudden it's probably because i tweaked my back that i threw out the other day because we're getting old and this is where we are you know like we're just we're just the old people now we've always been curmudgeons like that hasn't changed we were curmudgeons when we were 20 uh, but we're not 20 anymore. And so now we're just getting to be older curmudgeons and, you know, 
It it it, it so, is the world we live in. I I I just I wonder about that. Going back to the stuff that we've been talking about, I wonder how. I wonder how the 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 um not inability but the um resistance to learn new stuff is going to impact the gaming industry because like I said because you and I know how to can to use computers and get around and do everything that we do we can pick new stuff up but but if you ask this generation now, hey, learn how to do this, they're going, I don't want to do that. If it's not available on the phone, I don't care. I wonder how that's going to impact other aspects, including gaming. Yeah, I mean, for sure. it's It, it obviously already has uh, impacted gaming. But in one of the ways it's impacted gaming is that the Switch is massively popular, right? Right. Like, because it's portable yeah. and it's touchscreen and it's all the things that like that generation is more comfortable with. Uh, like it's just easier to pick up and, and do. And, and, you know, again, God bless Nintendo for being on top of that. And, and you know, like, but it's I mean, it's that kind of stuff that that's how the industry adapts. And, and we are going to be the curmudgeons that are complaining about stuff. Um yeah the future so that said a good segue really briefly to nintendo here nintendo had a nintendo direct uh, a couple of weeks ago now but uh, a handful of, of significant announcements <laughs> staying on the mobile thing for just a second uh both game boy and game boy advance games are coming to nintendo switch online several already on nintendo switch online and so if you are nostalgic for some game boy and game boy advance one of the best things about it in my opinion at least i've mentioned my reticence toward the original game boy because of the monochrome thing that i just hate uh you could say any game on it to play in the like Game yes. Boy Color mode, which is fantastic. <laughs> I just I'm so grateful that they did that. And in the Game Boy Advance, there are phenomenal games on the Game Boy Advance that have all played through emulation. I've never owned a Game Boy Advance, but I've played a whole bunch of Game Boy Advance. There's great Metroid games on the Game Boy Advance. There's great Zelda games. I've played those via emulation in the past, and so now to have those uh, available on on Switch Online is pretty cool. Like Game Boy Advance games are like so- legit, still hold up well. I'm glad that you brought that up because I have not played really with the, I don't even know what to call it, Nintendo Online? Yeah, Switch Online. Uh, I, I, I had not played with Switch Online really, but Avery was here Thanksgiving, I think, Christmas, something. Yeah. And 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 of course, she she shows up with her Switch and goes, Jay, you still have a, a dock I can use because I didn't bring my dock, and of course, so I dig out the dock that we bought uh, and and plug it in, and and she's looking around, you know, playing games on her Switch, and we're playing Mario Kart, Mario Party, and we're having a good time, and she, she brings up Nintendo Online, and I'm like, you, I see all these games and like F Zero and all the stuff that we yeah. that we grew up with, and I'm like, oh, let's try this. And she's like, I've never even seen this. What is this? <laughs> and it's just it's the most amazing thing because there is a crap ton of games on Nintendo Switch Online. There there's are. a crap ton, and you can pay for more if there's not enough there. Yeah. Um Yes. It's really amazing. We trash on Nintendo a ton for their online service, 
And yes, it still sort of sucks in a lot of different ways, but man, they've done a great job getting those games online. A hundred percent. The virtual console aspect of it, they don't call it virtual console anymore, but I still do. Uh, it's just great. Uh, so the uh, the little girl uh, and I and the sexy sidekick the other day, we always have a movie night on Fridays, and I've talked them into watching the Sonic the Hedgehog movie for movie night. Ooh, I still have not seen that. It's on it, Netflix, right? It's on Paramount. Yeah, you got five all your different streaming services. So annoying. Anyway, um, it's really pretty good. Like it's it's pretty entertaining. Like it was a it was a fun little movie. Uh, and so I'm excited about the second one. We haven't watched the second one yet. But anyway, with that, like Genevieve has been exposed to Sonic the Hedgehog and, and other things. We've watched. There is a Netflix series that just came out right recently that we've watched. An animated series. We've watched a little bit of that. You know, whatever. But I was like, you know, this is a video game, right? And she was like, what? You know, <laughs> like it's just that's not how she connects with Sonic the Hedgehog. So yesterday, right. she and I fired up Switch Online because it has the Sega Genesis catalog as well. And we went back and played Sonic 2 with Sonic and Tails. And, and me and the little girl getting to play Sonic 2 was fantastic. You know, she dug it. I dug it. We were having a good time, like being Sonic the Hedgehog and Tails. And like that, there's like that's just brilliant like it's just such a good idea for nintendo it's such low-hanging fruit like it's just you've got this massive back catalog even i mean obviously the sega genesis stuff is even their back catalog but they've talked sega into allowing their access to their back catalog too it's just it's just brilliant because it sucks me in as this almost 40 year old dude and nostalgia and, and getting my daughter involved with it and everything else. And, and then also playing super smash brothers and then also going to play a, another remake here in a second. And it just, they just kill it with software. They're just really, really savvy about what people want to play. They charge you out the nose for it, for less functionality than any other service has. And I'm still thrilled with it. Like it's just the brilliance of Nintendo. That's, both obnoxious and amazing all at the same time. So I, I will say you 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 said a key phrase there, less functionality. You're right. Their online system still sucks. However, you mentioned that the 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 idea of being able to colorize those monochrome games. And now I saw something in the last Nintendo Direct which we were supposed to talk about. I don't know if we're gonna get to that. <laughs> At I mean, this, this point, is part but, of it. So, the, 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 they've also added the ability to change up the uh, the uh, uh, controller wrapping for some of those older mm-hmm. games, which I think is yes. amazing. Yes, yeah, for sure, it's such a big deal. So. Good on Nintendo for all that. Also, at that same Nintendo Direct, we got to do uh, Tears of the Kingdom trailer, which just, I mean, uh, uh, outside of, go to the show notes and watch it if you haven't yet, because we didn't mention that. It's just gorgeous. And, and whatever games we're playing, we have to have done by uh, beginning of May when this game comes out, because that's going to be the end of everything else. <laughs> and and uh, Zelda is going to be the game that we're playing for a good chunk of time after that. One of the yeah. games we got to do before that is Metroid Prime Remastered, something that we knew was kind of in the works, had been uh, lurking behind the scenes for quite a while. We hadn't heard much officially about. Well, they showed it off in this Direct. It did also launch it the same day, and so you can go out and play it now, which everybody at this point knows because that was a couple of weeks ago. But it it looks great. It's just one of those games that was begging for a remaster that would really benefit from that, and it looks like it really has. And maybe more importantly, 
in just practical terms, going to what you were talking about with controller mapping just a little while ago, they've given you the option to either play it with its classic control mode, which this was a GameCube game originally, and so it used not dual sticks it had you know that camera stick the weird thing right. that gamecube controller yep. had uh which was not really a, a full uh, analog stick like we're used to at our dual stick controllers today and so you can play it in its original control mode or you can play it with much more modern controls with dual stick functionality which you obviously have on the switch which is a huge deal like I, as much as i love metroid prime because it's a fantastic game it's a a bit of a cringy thought to play it with its original controls i know some people will swear by that because that's how it was designed but the idea to be able to go play it now with updated visuals and in a modern control scheme but still have that story and that world is just yeah it's just perfect I could be totally wrong but I swear I heard some voice acting in there also yeah I don't I, know I, how much of that I, I really I don't like that made me happier than anything like the idea of maybe having uh, a Metroid or Mario or a Zelda, Zelda, was the Tears of the Kingdom was the other place that that it popped up. I was like, "Ooh, can we get more of that?" <laughs> yeah. It's another place yeah. that was just way behind things on, right? Like they just they they still don't voice act everything. Like they do sub, obviously. Uh, more than they used to, but they still just rely on that kind of classic approach to, you know, like voicing cutscenes, but still having a bunch of text that you read in a game, and which is fine. I get it. It's you know what it is, but yeah, there's there's places to modernize. One more thing, because you mentioned uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, apparently, Te Tears of the Kingdom is going to cost seventy bucks. First seventy dollar Nintendo game. Of course, we've already seen this with uh, Sony and Microsoft having seventy dollar games. I mean, no big surprise there. Nintendo says that they're not switching to seventy dollars for all new releases it'll be on a case-by-case -case basis but obviously something the scope of, of tears of the kingdom they think justify 70 dollars. i can't imagine that it's going to make much of a difference on on how many sales they have of this game there's going to be a few people that don't buy it but that, that they're going to be just fine so i i really i we complained a lot about the 70 dollar price point a lot when it for when it first happened but at the same time and i wonder how nintendo is going to deal with this you've bought a lot of games because we're streaming a lot of games you bought god of war you bought hogwarts legacy you bought insert game here we bought a lot of games because we have patreon money but the interesting thing since everything went to 70 bucks is there's a lot of places to play uh, a lot of games for free, and and they may not be the games that you want to play. Like there's no place to play Hogwarts Legacy for free. But I mean, like I just look at the games that Epic puts out every week, the 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 stuff that's going on on Steam. I mean, there's lots of different places to get relatively new games uh for really 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 cheap and so i wonder if the 70 dollar price point thing if the backlash for that kind of stuff is going to be sort of delayed because i haven't heard any thus far but that being said i feel like 
there's got to be a stop point somewhere because we have another story in the show notes that we're not going to get to talking about the new PlayStation VR and the, the price point on that. Yeah. At some point, I think we're going to get to a point where people go, look, I'm not paying for this because, because like I was badly trying to explain 40 seconds ago, <laughs> I've got more games than I could ever play. And yes, we're going to play Zelda. Yes, we're going to play Hogwarts because we have the show and that's what we do. But like, if I don't ever buy another game, like I'm going to be playing games till I die. Yeah. Right. So just real quick on the price point thing. I think there's going to come a point where we're going to have to do something about these prices. And I'm not necessarily talking about games. I'm talking about across the board. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. I, I think there's, you know, emerging kind of two economies in, in the gaming space uh, that, that could, you know, uh, overlap. They don't have to be completely separated from each other. But there is the the economy of you buy new stuff, you buy games, you buy PlayStation VR, you buy these things that are expensive and cost you a chunk of money. Or the economy of you subscribe to a service and, and you get, you know, Game Pass or you get, you know, PlayStation Plus or whatever, or a handful of those, just like you do with streaming services for TV and movies. Uh, and if you do subscribe to a streaming service, that's basically all you have to pay, whatever that streaming service cost is. And as long as you're willing to be six months to a year behind on, on some new releases and day of for others, like especially with Game Pass, there's a ton of day of releases on Game Pass. Um, you can play games and and really, really good games without having to pay anything aside from uh, those subscription uh, costs. Obviously, that has a cost in and of itself and, and the more of those you're paying for. But like one of the, the games coming to PlayStation Plus in March is, is Forbidden West. The best game of last year, in my opinion. You know, like it's uh, yeah. obviously a lot of people would argue with us over that. Uh, but it was one of the top five games of last year, I think, for most people would would argue that. Probably the best PlayStation game. I know God of War came out last year, too. and so, But God of War is going to be on PlayStation Plus within the next year. You know, like that's kind of what Sony does is they have a timed kind of like non PlayStation plus release of a game. And then they put it on PlayStation plus after uh, eight months, 12 months, whatever it is. And so if you're willing to be behind a little bit on your gaming, if you don't need to have everything immediately, you could just have PlayStation plus or game pass and you can play everything you want to play just a little bit behind. And that's great too. Like that's a, that's a perfectly fine way for the gaming economy to work that it doesn't have to be everything as soon as it comes out. Uh, and that's what like, even something like Cyberpunk, which isn't a game that's available on a streaming service, that's still a game you have to go out and pay for, but you can get super cheap now on a Steam sale or whatever, has had this huge resurgence because they kept working on the game and they did these other, you know, uh, tie-ins around it, the Netflix show and then other stuff, and they're doing DLC to keep people interested. And and like Cyberpunk had this whole second life and, and is still doing decently well in this kind of second uh, uh, run at it uh, because of this kind of gaming economy where you don't always have to have everything day of release, you know, that you can kind of hang out and play other stuff. 
because there's a million things to play. And so we naturally, because of what we do in this show, want to be as relatively on top of stuff. I know everybody that listens to the show is always way ahead of us on things. Uh, But we're playing a game that came out within the past, you know, uh, six months that's not on any streaming service at this point, whatever, you know, like we're still relatively in that loop. Uh, But like, if you're not in that loop, you could play fantastic games every day, all day long. Again, until you die at this point without anything new coming out because there's just game availability everywhere. And it's it's a great thing for the industry, a great thing for, for gamers. I mean, I, I think it's a perfectly fine thing. If you don't have the money for PlayStation VR 2, fine. Go play one of the other billion fantastic games that are out there. I, I just feel like it's a really good spot to be in and and on the VR side of things it's really interesting because I, I had to set up a VR headset for the first time a couple of weeks ago. I know you got a text and I warned you what was going on because uh, one of our VR headsets went home with Avery and it still hasn't come back. Like, <laughs> I, I don't I think she's just taking over and we're not ever going to get it back. Fair. And, but but there there was some changes with Facebook or something. And yeah. so she had to reset up the account and do all that. It it just it the the amount of stuff that is available for a reasonable price and I want to tie this in with the new PlayStation VR thing. Yeah, it's expensive, and yeah, it should probably be cheaper. But man, there's headsets everywhere. Yeah. And if if you want to try VR, you can you can do it reasonably cheaply at this point. And and I, I think it's something that is accessible to everybody that wants it. For sure. It is, it is getting better. It is slow moving to get there as long as we've been talking about and playing with VR at this point. The fact that it's not more mainstream than it is still very niche in PlayStation VR is going to be very niche because of the price point. Maybe it'll come down in the future. Uh, we'll see. But it also looks very good, uh, which is encouraging, which uh, just really quickly here, we'll we'll kind of wrap on this and talk about uh, releases really quick. But PlayStation did have a state of play, uh, like we mentioned before, and there's just not a ton to talk about it with it because uh, a lot of it was focused on PlayStation VR. They did have a lot of software, just not as much maybe compelling software <laughs> or it was more niche stuff. I, I think that's a better way to say it is as most of what they showed off wasn't broad audience intended. Most of it was more niche. There was a game that I'm super uh, pumped about that's called humankind. I think from the, the creators right. of uh, uh, res and, and I think Tetris effect and whatever, but puzzle yeah. game uh, that looks very, very cool. That's right up my alley. And, and for a lot of people, maybe not their thing. And so PlayStation VR is very much that same thing. Not in everybody's, wheelhouse but for people that are digging it they're going to be excited about some of the stuff they saw what they did do and i'll I'll mention this just really quickly uh because it's worth mentioning at least uh for a bit uh is they spent a big chunk of time talking about suicide squad and showing off suicide squad uh and trying to get kind of hype up for suicide squad and and at least from you know the the world that i follow (laughs) in in gaming media and twitter and all that stuff it, nobody's really pumped about this game. It's really going to have to be like when it gets released it, and, and people see if it's good, which is a big, big if, but if it's good, then I think people will start buying in, but nobody's convinced that it's going to be good. It it just, to, to me, it, 
to me, it's a Gotham Knights kind of thing. It's like, yeah, like, yeah, really? It like, very, I mean, it feels very similar to Gotham Knights in a lot of ways. And this is, I mean, the, the thing with Suicide Squad specifically is that it's rock steady. And so there was so much hope around it. Whereas Gotham, uh, Gotham Knights, there, there wasn't as much hope around because it wasn't rock steady doing that one. But it just, the more I see of it, the less I'm excited about, the more it feels like a live service game that's going to be, you know, like, meh. And also at the same time, and I just get your thought on this, because especially this last uh, state of play when I was watching it, my thought was if they would have approached this the way that, way that Square Enix approached Guardians of the Galaxy, it could have been really cool. Like the the idea of the Corrupted Justice League, the idea of playing the villains, of seeing uh, uh, the uh, Metropolis from uh, the, the view of the bad guys, but like trying to save the world. It's like there is a really cool idea for a game that exists there that it looks like the gameplay is just going to totally obliterate, you know, like, and that's a bummer to me because I, I, I'm, I'm watching it going, it could be kind of cool. The most recent Suicide Squad movie, pretty decent. Was kind of fun. Yeah, like, I dug right. it. Uh, and it, it, like, it could be something that was cool, but like the way that they're like, there's six different weapons classes and 37 different guns and blah, blah, blah. And it's this shooter around the, the big part of it's like you're teleporting around and like, uh, uh, Harley Quinn has the, you know, the like grappling hook that's just like Spider-Man swinging around the city at this point. Everybody like teleports and does all this stuff. And I'm just like, that doesn't look it, it's fun. like you know what it is? It's like it's like PUBG meets Battlegrounds. It's kind of <laughs> what it, I mean meets uh meets uh DC. It's, yeah. It's kind of what it is. It's I, I mean it just I'm, I'm not in it. But but I will say on what you just said, the reason that that won't happen, the the reason that that you won't see a Guardians of the Galaxy kind of a thing with this is because that takes a very, very smart, very unique group of writers and not to insult the average group of of, of writers in gaming, but like the guys that wrote Guardians of the Galaxy put way more hours into doing the dialogue and setting it up and the set pieces and all of that than, than most other uh, games do. And you have to do that to make it work. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy went for 20 or so hours before it kind of fell off. And, and I remember you and I were talking about going, this is great. But when's it going to fall off? And it eventually did, but it almost made it to the end yeah. before it did. And and it's just, I just imagine those writers, that, that group of people, or e- even the game developers, that group of people sitting in a room after six months going, I'm tired and I just want to go home. I I can't I don't know what's funny anymore. I can't right. taste food. Like I like I you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's that that's takes all. a level of commitment that I'm not sure that everybody has. That's all fair. 
but these are the people that did Arkham, you know, and it's just like there's yeah. there's the potential for it there. That's what's so painful about it to me. Like Gotham Knights, the first time I saw it, I was kind of like, eh. you know, like I just just never had any expectation for that game to be anything more than mediocre. And apparently it's pretty mediocre. Suicide Squad, even though it's kind of the same way that I haven't had any expectation of it being more than mediocre, it's always been disappointing that it feels like it's going to be mediocre because it's Rocksteady. And and like they can do a really great game. This is still in what they're calling the Arkhamverse, you know, like it's all tied together. And like it just could be cool. It just doesn't look like it's gonna be. So well, one more thing on that. I'm glad you brought up the Arkhamverse. Because because let's be real honest about Arkham. The first two games were really good. Yes. The next two games <laughs> were just sort of okay. Yes. And I can say that not really playing all of them. Yep. But but that's that's where the Arkham Arkham this is, thing is. This is like completely they, true. They yeah. they executed well early on and never really kind of got back there. And so in that way, it's maybe not as big of a surprise that this just isn't going to deliver what we think it could because they haven't really delivered for a while. And, I mean, and I mean for crying out loud, I have Arkham, the original Arkham on my gaming PC, and I'm like, I have like four hours left and I'm just not capable of playing it because I don't have the hands. The original Arkham's one of those games that I would just like to lock you in a room and say, can we finish this, yeah. please? Because I would like to see the end of it. Yeah, um, and it's so good. I, and it's the potential's yeah. there, but yeah, like we said, it is what it is. So that said, really quickly on releases, we mentioned a couple already, but just to, to hit a handful more because it's been a while and there's actually been several big releases. And so uh, uh, the biggest one uh, is, is likely Hogwarts Legacy, uh, which is getting uh, mid-80s to low-90s kind of critical scores. Uh, Metacritic uh, has it as a 94 for the Series X, which is I, I, I'm pleasantly surprised with that. I think that's pretty good. A lot of people like the game. Uh, Apparently, it's got its own issues, and every game does, but uh, uh, seems to be good, and we will get to it. Uh, Octopath Traveler 2, uh, which apparently is also pretty good, has an 86 on Metacritic right now. Um, uh, Ooh, we mentioned, real quick. Uh, yep. Real, so, sorry to break the fall. I can't believe I didn't say this earlier. One thing about the Nintendo Direct. Holy crap, the RPGs. Yeah, so many RPGs. Holy crap, the <laughs> you RPGs. Are, you are spot that, on with that. That was uh I that that we got so many RPGs to play, it's insane. It's insane. And and some very cool looking ones. So Octopath Traveler 2 being one of those. Apparently, you don't have to play the first one to appreciate the second one, which is good. I played a chunk of the first one, but not nearly enough of it. So that's uh that's good news. Uh Metroid, which we already mentioned, uh getting great reviews uh that's an all-time game metroid prime the original metroid prime is just an all-time great game and so no surprise that the remake on that is is also great atomic hearts which you mentioned uh earlier we talked about just a little bit um is on game pass and so go play it has a kind of mid 70 review score this is the thing and i would love to hear from sam because we we know sam's been playing it everybody that like i've heard talk about it who plays it has really dug it there's a lot of reviews that haven't been great, but like the people who have actually played it, it's apparently pretty corny in its dialogue at times and that kind of stuff. But like that kind of stuff can be super fun. And so I know yeah. Sam's really digging it. So I'd love to hear from Sam more via a segment <clears throat> uh, about what you're thinking about segment! Atomic Heart at this point. Yeah. So I, I get when I think about corny, I think of, uh, of uh, the outer world. Yeah. Like it's, it's that. <laughs> 
same type of kind of thing, I think. Sure. I, I just we we really need to hear from you, Sam, because you're the guy that's playing it. Yeah, for sure. So. And I'm sure we missed some uh, in there that's just been a lot of releases recently, which is a good thing. Lots of good games uh, out there to play. So, uh, yeah, go check them out. And go check out the show notes, GamingInsensor.com, because we didn't get to everything. Big surprise there. Uh, and also, there are some trailers over there just, you know, in case you haven't uh, seen Tears of the Kingdom and, and are too lazy to type in Tears of the Kingdom, but not too lazy to type in GamingInsensor.com. Go by GamingInsensor.com and check out the uh, show notes over there. You really, you really should. I, I have to uh, mention uh, the fact I, I don't think we've done a show since we turned eighteen, and and uh, I put something out. I think, I think you saw it retweeted. Yeah, yeah. Lots, lots of people have seen it. Uh, I, the, the, the idea that there's still people listening to this shambles of a show after eighteen <laughs> years is like insane. Uh, and if you're new and you're wondering what the crap is this and what are these guys doing, yeah, we've been doing this a long time and we apologize. Uh, we're not on TikTok. We're not going to be on TikTok. No, thank you. Uh, <laughs> this is just what we do. So if you're new here, uh, we've got a great community. We've got a great Facebook page. We're old and we're only going to get older. Yep. Uh, I, I I love the comment that I got. I don't know if you saw all the comments that that came in, but the my favorite one is from our buddy Randy Ray that said it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. <laughs> yes, and I, I was like, wow, he's being really nice because it was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, but but like. We're, we're just here, and we are what we are. So if you like it, cool. Yep. You don't, just don't tell us we suck. <laughs> yeah. Also like, cool, just move along. Yeah. Keep keep doing what yeah. you're doing. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to get any better. We're just going to get older and start talking about throwing our backs out and yes. arthritis. And, <laughs> yes. And... And, and different things. And so, yeah. Uh, Happy 18th uh, birthday, sir. Yes, like uh, that's uh, that's very interesting. The the thing that scares me is that your daughter is four, five, uh, five. She just had her she birthday just five, last yep. week. Uh, five. She's been. We've been doing the show as long as she's been alive, and by my math, we'll still be doing it. When she's about 18 or 19 years old. <laughs> uh, and I think that's probably going to look a little weird. Yes. But, uh, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Yes. And I, I just want her, as she gets older, to appreciate us. I don't know that that's going to happen. <laughs> but uh, but it is what while. it is. I can't believe she's five. You and me I both. just got to say that. It's wild. That's, that's, uh, cause I met her when she was two weeks old. And, uh, that, yeah. that's, that's nuts. That is nuts. And that's, that's insane. All of that being said, he's got to get back to a yes. five year old <laughs> who is precocious and loud and, and all of the wonderful things that she is. Uh, I I still 
pray for the day when we can get her in some gear and get her on the mic on a regular basis. For sure. I'm learning that that we're, we, we've probably got like a two-year window in there where she's going to think we're really cool. Yeah. And then it's over, okay? Yeah. So, so yeah. take advantage of that, those couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, he's going to go back to her now, but uh, I, and we're going to wrap this thing up. If you would like to hang out with us, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we are on Patreon, and we will take your money For sure. to buy actual games and uh, play games. We've got Hogwarts Legacy coming up. We've got various other things coming up that he has already bought. I, I think yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> I, th- I think it's hilarious that that this show owns more games right now today than either one of us have ever owned our entire lives. Yeah. Okay. Like we didn't buy games when we were younger and this show is kind of building a catalog of games that have actually been purchased. And so we're making up for our lack of having money or being cheap or whatever it is now doing the show. And it's kind of bizarre, Yeah, Uh, but I'm glad that we can put our money in and do that kind of thing. Uh, But that being said, we are creating content for you. We're going to do some stuff in the next couple of months that make us really uncomfortable. (laughs) You might see some video of me that, that is, uh, that is designed for a phone. We're, the both of us are going to start doing that kind of stuff, trying to be cool and hip and short little videos. We don't do short anything. Yeah. So it's probably not going to work out real well. But like I said, if you're new here, please bear with us because we're not going anywhere. And uh, we thoroughly enjoy doing this. For right now, I'm Jamie. That's Tommy. We're Gaming Uncensored, and we are out. Would you like to submit a segment for the show? Send it to gaminguncensored at gmail.com. And don't worry, we'll play just about anything. Gaming Uncensored. <laughs>